Hi, ADHDers, and welcome to the KDHD Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and you're probably here because you've heard, you don't have ADHD, I would have seen the signs. Well, I'm here to help you on this journey of understanding your ADHD and how it impacts your mental health, relationships, careers, and even your body. I've invited some wonderful ADHD professionals and experts to help us learn how to cope with our challenges, but also utilize our strengths. So here we go. Today's guest is Sarah, and she's here to talk to us about the executive functions and then also executive dysfunctions and how it can impact ADHD. I am so thankful to have her here in the pod closet and talk to me about these things that have been impacting our lives. And so, yeah, welcome on the show. I'm I'm so thankful that you're here to talk to us about this. And I'm actually really excited to learn because I haven't had a chance to really do a deep dive into executive functions. I know a lot about it. I know that it impacts everything to do with our lives, things like memory, staying organized, and even planning. And so those are things that I've, I've struggled with my entire life. Um, and so I've also often said, like, you know, if procrastinating was an Olympic sport, I'd have the gold, but I probably wouldn't show up because I would forget that it was the, you know, the medal ceremony or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on here. Would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us what you do? Yeah, thank you so much, Katie. I'm so, so excited to be here today chatting with you and talking about executive functioning. Um, so my name is Sarah Lovell, and I'm an executive function coach. Um, and when I say that, oftentimes people ask, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so executive functions are something that we all use every single day to manage our lives. And sometimes, as you mentioned, people have more challenges with it, with time management, organizing, prioritizing, and these other skills um, that can make life more difficult. And as a coach, I help students and professionals with ADHD design and use personalized systems that will work for them and their unique brains. Um, Because I think that's the most important thing. Like, there's no one size fits all system that's going to help us manage our executive functioning. Um, And so, as you said, executive functioning shows up in different ways. It can um, actually, I'll start just by saying what executive functions are. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I would Um, love to hear about it. You can you can break it down. Um, Yeah, I, I would love to hear. Yeah, so executive functions are basically a set of cognitive or mental skills that we use um, or sometimes have challenges with. And there isn't one agreed upon list. Different professionals include different skills, um, but the overarching definition is that these skills are what are required for us to manage all the different aspects of our daily life. Um, so I'll, I'll rattle a bunch off and then we can kind of dive into them. Um, but planning, organizing, prioritizing, sustained attention, time management, task initiation, problem solving, flexible thinking, um, metacognition or thinking about how we think, and self-regulation or emotional regulation all of those are executive function skills Um, and as i said we all use these or need to use these every single day Um, but some people have more challenges with it Um, and executive function skills are learned Um, so it's something that um, 
oftentimes I think we think of executive functioning as being something that we only use in school or only learn in school, when in reality, that is the, the starting point. Um, you know, we're learning how to manage our time and keep track of things and um, be more independent. Um, but oftentimes those strategies that we're being taught in school are a little bit cookie cutter. Um, they're being taught to everybody in the same way. And for some people, um, oftentimes people with ADHD or, um, or other diagnoses, those cookie cutter systems don't work. Um, they, people need unique systems. And so that's where oftentimes later in life, whether it's um, high school, college, being diagnosed later in life, people realize these systems don't work for me. It's not me, it's the system. Um, and so I need, I deserve a system that's gonna work for me in my brain. Um, and so we can always learn new skills and strategies um, and that's where coaching can come in. That was so much wonderful information. And I, I really appreciate you going in and, and kind of breaking those things down. What I think is so crazy is when you're talking about the list, it could be like a perfect checklist of everything in my life that I've struggled with. Like it could just be like, dink, oh, dink, you know, memory issues, dink, you know, disorganization, uh, planning and, you know, time management. All of those things are things that I have really had. I really struggled with my entire life and man, do I need a coach? Goodness, because it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's one of those things where if you don't get ahead of it, it's so easy for it to feel so overwhelming to then correct those things or even support yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like oftentimes people I've worked with have experienced this buildup of executive dysfunction where it's showing up at school, it's showing up at work, it's showing up in your home life, it's showing up in hobbies, because executive functioning, again, like I'm a broken record on it, we use it all the time. We use it every single day. And so if we're having like challenges with time management or organization, it it covers all of those areas in life. And so if people are experiencing this buildup of frustration, um, it can lead to, you know, guilt, shame, anxiety, feelings of negative self-worth. Um, and so then that builds on top of the challenges and creates even more executive function challenges. So something that I talk about a lot with my clients is um, self-care and mindset and how those impact our executive functioning. Um, because what we say to ourselves matters. Um, and like that inner dialogue that's always going can either support us when we're experiencing a challenge or it can pull us pull us down and pull us back. Um, so that's something that I think we should be talking about more when we're talking about executive functioning, like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm experiencing this challenge, but what am I saying to myself about it? Um, and then what can I do about it? Like, what is the, what is the concrete step that I can take? What is the strategy I can use? Mm -hmm. um, so that self-talk piece is huge. And then self-care, it's like this, big circle with executive functioning like we need executive functioning skills to do our self-care um but we also need to do self-care in order to do the things that require our executive functioning skills like our work our school our home life um so like i that is i, I view self-care as like the foundation of executive functioning because if we if we aren't having those like basic needs met basic self-care but also like the like fun self-care, like our hobbies, our, the things that our passions, our joys, like if we're not 
building those into our life, then it's going to be even harder to show up to an appointment on time. Um, but like, it's, it's very interconnected. Um, so I think like, those are the two things that I think deserve more attention in the executive functioning field, like self-care and self-talk. Yeah, that's, it's kind of funny whenever I look at things like how to support your, your ADHD or how to support yourself if you have ADHD, it's always like, you know, eat, eat a well-balanced diet and, and get sleep. And it's like, those are things that people with ADHD struggle with. So it's so funny to me where it's like that thing that is supposed to help you. You've already like, you're not doing because it's, it's something you're struggling with. You're already having to force yourself. It's just one more thing. Like when people just throw out like self-care, it's like another thing that really isn't accessible to everybody. And so it is something you have to work towards and, and make time for. And it's, it's almost like a chore. It's like, it's another chore I have to add onto the list. Like and it's so funny because it should be something that's enjoyable and I know it's something I need, but it's so hard for me to make time for it and prioritize it. And then that's that, you know, that thing that you're talking about when it comes to um, self-talk, it's it's the same thing. And I've told people this many times about supporting ADHD and supporting yourself with ADHD is that my ADHD hasn't really gotten better, but the way that I've talked to myself and the way that I've supported myself has made my life better. My um, quality of life has gotten better since I've accepted my ADHD and since my quality of life has gotten better since I've accepted my ADHD and then also changed the way that I talk to myself and the way that I approach situations that are, that can be challenging, you know? So one thing I've done is like giving myself knowledge. So when something, when I'm struggling with something, first thing I try to do is to be patient with myself and understanding with myself. And then it also helps to know like why something is, is, is challenging. You know, why, why am I struggling with this? And you know, it could be executive functioning skills. It could be other stuff. And, um, but it is nice to know, like, Hey, when I see something that says like people with ADHD struggle with this, it, it, it changes my self-talk to be like, this is how my brain is wired. And this is why things can be challenging for me. So I can give myself a little more self-compassion. And then from that, giving, taking that moment to go, okay, this is just something that I'm struggling with because of my ADHD. Don't beat yourself up about it, but what can I do now? It's not just sitting in that and going, oh, I have ADHD and this is why I'm not, I'm not good at this. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, taking that and going, okay, I'm struggling with something. It might be related to executive functioning. It might be related to my ADHD, but I can find self-compassion in that and then go, okay, what can I do now to help support myself and move forward? Because it's not, it's, it's hard to say because a lot of it is really acceptance. And I think acceptance and knowledge can be so powerful and empowering as well. Yeah. I think what, when you were talking about that, I was thinking too, like the power of naming something. Like, I think like as an executive function coach, like oftentimes, like people find me through Instagram. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like I never thought that that would be a platform. I never thought that that would be like a way for me to connect with with clients and families. Um, but people find me through the somehow or through searching. But they, they when they find me, they're like, I didn't know executive functioning coaching was a thing, or I didn't know that there was a name executive functions for these things that I'm experiencing challenges with, right? Like we might, we can easily name like the outcome, procrastination or missed deadlines or forgetfulness or losing things. We can, we can easily name those things. But what you, what, what you were talking about is like understanding the why behind it, the what behind it and the name for it. Like it's not a, 
it's not a you problem or a me problem. It's a brain wiring. This is something that I'm experiencing on a different level. Um, and I think for a lot of people that helps pull with, with time and acceptance and support, like pull some of that blame and shame away that they're experiencing of like, this is everyone else is figuring it out. Why am I not figuring it out? Um, and it's because they're, they haven't learned the tools that work for their specific brain. Um, and I think like that's, that's a powerful piece of, of learning about executive functioning. Like one, there's a name for the challenges that you're experiencing. And two, there are resources and strategies and things that you can be learning and growing with. Um, like, I think that's, that's powerful too. Like we can learn and grow at any age. It's not just during our school years. Right. And a lot of those things that you were saying about like feeling like, why can't I figure this out? Or why, why am I having this challenge is really common in my community, in the ADHD community, especially with my content and my, my experiences with ADHD, because I was so late diagnosed and not even the latest diagnosed. I, I had a woman reach out to me this morning who was 54 and just recently got diagnosed um, because of um, her daughter who was in, you know, their twenties who got diagnosed. And so we, we are all start kind of starting to put the pieces together. And so there is that like shame and guilt and that like kind of confusion and this like isolating feeling that you might have. And it is, so there is something so powerful about having a name for it and being able to kind of deconstruct it. And um, yeah, I think that, I think that can be really, really empowering. And um, one thing that you were talking about, about ADHD and executive functioning, um, I feel like when you're talking about executive functioning and you talk about ADHD, a lot of the same traits kind of interlock and they, or they kind of impact each other and, and not the most positive way. Yeah. One thing that I try to work on with clients is looking at what are my strengths, right? Like what are things that are already going well or things that I'm feeling really good about and how can we, how can we build on that? Um, because to your point around the overlapping challenges, like if we're, if we're focusing on that as a primary, like these are the areas that I'm experiencing the most challenges. These are the things that are impacting me the most. How do I change that? Or how do I address that? that can be a really challenging way to to start looking at something like it sounds like for you it was empowering to get a diagnosis and learn about yourself and um i think that's beautiful and wonderful and i think for some people it can also be um can be a challenge of like now what what do i do next and so looking at like a strengths-based approach too, like what are what are some of the strengths that come out of um, these challenges or how can we how can we address um, some of the overlapping challenges by building on strengths um, and so I think that's something where um, where coaching can come in and say okay these are the things that that you're doing really well or like these are these are spaces in your life where your time management is really on point what is it about that like is it because you're it's something that you're passionate about is it because it's something that has a routine that is built up for you? How do we take those things and apply it where maybe time management is more challenging, just as an example? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we definitely do have that, you know, interest-based learning system. So it is easier and more intriguing. And I get this like spike of energy when I find something that really gets like, you know, that that chemical going in my brain. And it seems like certain things are easier and, and certain things are harder and it's not always the same, or, you know, sometimes it's different. It really, it really depends on, you know, kind of the day or, you know, past experiences with that, with that thing. And, um, 
you know, we were kind of talking about distinguishing kind of the figuring out, you know, what is it? What is that thing? And, and, you know, what are my strengths? And I always think it's important to look at your strengths because in my community, we, I often talk about like, these are the things that are the things to look out for in ADHD. So these are the things that could be signs as a kid or signs as an adult, or these are things that you might be struggling with. And I do that to spread awareness because I know that there's so many people out there that are like, I've been struggling with this. Like, why do I do this? And then maybe a video pops up and they're like, oh, I forget that to take out the trash, you know, every Tuesday, even though it's been the same trash day for years or, you know, things like reading to pay a bill, or if we're talking about procrastination and, you know, the list, the list goes on and on as I want those people to not feel alone, but it is just as important to talk about our strengths and, um, what, what we do succeed in and, um, being adaptable and finding what works for you. And then also being flexible where it might not always work for you. You know, there might be tips that I don't know, maybe there, there isn't, but there could be tips that you give to someone and they go, wow, that worked for, for me for about three weeks. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I'm not a coach. I don't know what your experience, yeah. I would love to hear maybe even just your experience working with people with ADHD and how, you know, it could be different. It could be the same. It could be, we're, we're, we're definitely, you know, a bag of cats <laughs> sometimes. <so. laughs> yeah. I can definitely talk about what coaching is and what that looks like. Cause I think Two, it's also people are like, what does it, what is coaching and what is executive function coaching? Like what, what does that even mean? I will talk a little bit about coaching and, and what that looks like, what it is, what it isn't. Um, Cause I think a lot of people are curious about what resources are out there and how they differ. Um, so as an executive function coach, I work with a wide variety of clients on concrete strategies. Um, so what that means is we're talking about your big picture goals. What is it that brought you to coaching? Um, whether it's related to school, work, um, kind of like managing daily life, as we've talked about executive functioning shows up in all of those areas. And we kind of look at, okay, what are your, what are your big picture goals? Is it, you know, wanting to managed procrastination? Is it wanting to keep track of all of the tasks that are on your to-do list? Is it coming up with strategies to start doing the things that you've been so excited about but haven't been able to start? Or finishing the things that you're so close to being done with but like just don't have that push, that last push for? Um, so those are just like some, some examples. But we talk about goals, but we really focus on the systems. Um, we look at what's been going well for you. Like you've already gotten to this point. Things are, things are going well, even if that's not totally obvious to the individual. I help them find what is going well. Um, we also talk about what's challenging. Um, so are you getting stuck with time blindness or are you constantly misplacing things? What are some of the challenges? Are you feeling overwhelmed by how much is on your plate? What are the challenges and how can we start addressing those? Um, and then we work together collaboratively to come up with strategies to strengthen the executive function skills. Um, so I'm a firm believer that everybody is an expert in themselves. Um, so when people um, come to work with me, I always say like the fit for coaching needs is the most important. If you're looking to work with somebody as a support, you wanna make sure that it feels like a fit. And so my coaching style is to ask a lot of questions um, and to get the person I'm working with 
thinking and processing and talking out loud. And then we collaborate to come up with strategies and systems. Like I have a whole bunch of tools in my toolbox of, you know, strategies to help with time management and organizing and prioritizing and planning and all of those executive function skills. Um, but if I give an idea, um, it isn't as powerful as if we come up with it together or if the person I'm working with gets like creatively comes up with it with support. Mm -hmm. um, so we come up with these strategies together and sometimes I do drip little ideas to see, you know, what are their thoughts on this particular strategy. Um, but I think a really important thing is that when we're making changes in any capacity, whether it's working with a coach or working on our own, um, it's to create sustainable, realistic changes. Um, because I think what happens for a lot of people is we get excited or motivated or have this push like externally or internally, whatever it might be to like make a massive change or like try to have a result happen really quickly. And we might be able to do that for like a day or a week um, or three weeks. But if it's not sustainable and not like a realistic plan, then we drop off and then we feel that guilt and shame and kind of that spiral happens again where it's like, okay, now I'm back where I was or I'm further back or whatever our perception of it might be. And so I always talk with people about if you're trying to make system changes or you're trying to strengthen your executive function skills or work towards a goal that we need to do it in a like slow and steady way. Um, and there might be periods of time where we ramp up, um, but it needs to be sustainable. Um, and so those are things that, that I talk through with clients um, and a coach can provide support. I like scaffold our conversation. Like I said, I ask a lot of questions. I am forever a cheerleader. Like I am encouraging everyone all the time. Um, but I also give a push when someone might need one. Um, I'm like, a, for many people, a source of accountability. I think having an accountability partner, whether it's a coach or a friend, a partner, um, a coworker, whoever it might be, like having somebody to talk things through and know they're there for you for that support and that push is huge. Um, and so all of those things can help support us as we're working towards our goal. I come from like very strong women, very like strong people. And um, I, I have a slight resistance to being kind of told what to do. And <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everybody does. Nobody likes to be told with you. I can be very coachable. And I, I think I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a people pleaser. Let's just put it that I'm a people pleaser. I want to please people and make people say like, am I doing good? See, look, I'm doing this. I did exactly what you said to do, but I also have this like kind of like slight resistance where like, I don't need to change. There's nothing. I mean, what I've been doing has been working. And it's like, when you step back and you're like, well, no, what I have been doing really hasn't been working because I would be functioning a lot better and my quality of life would be better. And so it is nice to kind of collaborate with someone. So it doesn't feel like somebody is like, do this, do this, do this. It's more of like, hey, here are some things that have worked for you in the past. Maybe we should try this. And um, I think I think that can be really helpful to feel like, you know, you do have somebody on your side who isn't really telling you what to do, but just really wants you to 
to reach your potential and also is in your corner, I think is, is always nice. And a little bit of that, you know, what did you say? Uh, accountability. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's, that's, it, it, it is nice that, you know, everybody needs a, a little accountability sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like, to your point of like, not liking being told what to do, like for a lot of people, the executive functioning strategies and skills that they were taught and given were very, like I said, cookie cutter, um, where it's like, make a to-do list, um, like, put an alarm on your phone. And I mean, those are strategies that can work for some people. Um, but if if they haven't worked for you, why continue doing them, right? Or like, why, um, why stick with something that that was told to you or something that um, that isn't a fit or is adding more stress. And so I think for a lot of people, being able to come up with their own strategies with like scaffolding and support, I think can be a really helpful way um, to build on their strengths. And again, like, you know, you best. Um, and so I, that, and that's my, that's my personal coaching strategy. Like there are some people want to be told like, what's the best way to manage my time? Well, one, I don't think there's a best way <laughs> because like, if there was every, like we'd all be doing the same thing and it would be working for everyone. Um, but like, that's not, that's not reality. Um, so I think, and I think that's part of like the stigma maybe around like some executive functioning challenges is that like, you know, if it's working for everyone else, it should work for you too. And like, you, and that's not, that's not fair. Um, that's not, it's not fair to say that this is one strategy that works. So everyone should do it. Or, um, you know, I give the example of showing up late to things, time management, time blindness, planning, organizing. Like if we're, if somebody is late to an appointment, it's not because they don't care or it's not because it's not important to them, but it's because they're experiencing some challenges on the back end that you're not seeing and maybe they're not talking about openly. Um, and so being able to, to come up with something that's gonna work for them, that's the most important thing, not doing what everyone else is doing. Right. And that's like a problem. I think we, we all have us. And even, you know, when I talk about, I'm usually talking about people with ADHD is that we've spent our whole life comparing ourselves to others and looking down on ourselves for not being able to do something like everybody else and, and seeing those, those structures and those, those resources and those, you know, tools not work for you can get really frustrating. And it can also feel like there's a lot of shame. And like you said, guilt that goes along with that. And it's hard. And that's why, you know, people with ADHD also struggle with things like transitions and big changes. And so we have to kind of like ease into things. And you're talking about taking small steps, doing things like scaffolding where you're layering things on. And um, I would love to hear more about that and, and how, why you think that works. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is something I talk about all the time with my clients. Um, so if we have something that we need to do and it's whether it's in our mind or written on a to-do list, I'll give the example of cleaning. Um, <laughs> so great, say, great example. Great. <laughs> Everyone's getting out their notebooks. They're like, oh, right. <laughs> so let me get my notes. So, <laughs> so if you, if that's, cause again, it's executive functioning goes into all areas of our life. Like it's, it's not just work and school it's across the board. So let's say 
cleaning is on your to-do list for the day. Um, and if we're thinking about it as I need to clean, or it's literally written down on a list as clean the kitchen, like for some people, their brains can't break that down in a way that they can start. Um, and that's that can be a strength, right? That big picture thinking, that flowy, like different interpretation is a strength in ADHD and for other people too. And in this situation, it's a challenge because the idea of cleaning is nebulous. Like, what does it mean? Where do I start? And so breaking it down um, is an executive function skill. Cleaning involves literally every executive function skill. And so what I talk with clients about is how do we break this down? How, like literally in your mind, like we're gonna talk it through verbally and then also step by step. Um, so if you're somebody who is visual and is writing it down, your list might go from saying clean kitchen to say, take everything off the counters, wipe down the counters, um put away the dishes like it would be like individualized tasks that you can then identify the starting point for um, and some people do break it down to like walk into the kitchen um, if you're not already there um, and and take it step by step in that way and so breaking things down not only helps us figure out what the plan is but it helps us like create that starting point. Um, and not saying that creating a bulleted list, whether it's in your mind or on paper, is gonna actually then help you start cleaning. That's another next step. Um, because that ties into like task initiation, um, the like organization of like, what do I actually need? Um, and so then those are things that we would continue to talk about or like, what are the barriers? Like if it truly is, like I, I always say with people, say to clients, executive functioning, it impacts people who they know what to do, like what is involved, but it's how to start it or how to do it. Um, and so not the actual to actual task, but the, the supports that are involved to get going. Um, so breaking things down is huge um, for executive functioning skills. Yeah, I, I love that. And I've heard like, you know, the five minute rule, or like just do something for five minutes and it'll, it'll get you started and you can kind of like snowball into that. And like, so that has, has really helped me and like kind of dedicating time to, to cleaning, but in a flexible way, like telling myself, like, I want to spend just like 15 minutes picking up things around the house. So, and that could be, you know, something too, is like, I'm just going to pick up all the dirty clothes around the house. And so it gets me like moving throughout and it's, it is sometimes hard to stay focused and I can, you know, I go into one bedroom and I pick up a sock and then I'm like, oh, there's my old Game Boy color from the nine, you know, things like that just kind of happened. And then I'm, you know, I'm there, but I, but I am getting better because I am breaking it down where, and, you know, I've also heard of people using the timer where they're like, set a timer for five minutes and get as much done as you can in that. And I've, I've heard that helps a lot of people with ADHD and especially people who have a hard time managing their time. And I, I definitely am someone who suffer from time blindness. I, I couldn't tell you if an hour gone by or, or three hours, because sometimes it feels like an hour can feel like eight hours to, to me and 15 minutes can feel like 20 hours to me. It just really depends on the situation. Sometimes time is just so 
slow, it like hurts. And I, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else experiences like the passing of time. It just feels like a slow death to me. And it, in reality it is, but and then other moments, I feel like I'm on my phone and I'm like, oh, I have, you know, 15 minutes to spare. And then, you know, I get pulled into the wormhole and I, all of a sudden I'm on my phone for three hours and I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 4.30. I haven't done anything I need to do. I haven't eaten. I haven't drank anything and I haven't peed. And so then I get up and I'm like running around the house and trying to get everything done. And so it is hard to kind of stay focused especially um, with ADHD. And I was kind of curious, you know, we, we've talked a lot, but I, wh what, like, <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm wondering, like, why would someone want to do this? Because <laughs> having ADHD, it, it can be really challenging. And I know that there's people out there that, you know, want to support us, but it's very rare that people who don't have ADHD want to help other people with ADHD because of the stigma, because it's misunderstood. And there's still a lot of pushback. And now that so many women are being diagnosed, a lot more information is coming out, but it's still something that people don't really talk about. Um, and so I, I would love to kind of hear, you know, what got you into this? Like yeah, what, what made journey. you decide to do this? Yeah. Your journey. Yeah. So yeah. If somebody asked me like, 10 years ago, what I thought I would be doing, I would not have the words for executive function coach. Like I didn't know this job existed, um, but I'm so, so, so glad that my journey took me here because I've been able to work with the most amazing people. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to work um, with people in some sort of a like clinical or teaching capacity, like some sort of like a helper. Um, and so I studied psychology in undergrad um, and thought at that point that I wanted to go into like therapy and counseling. Took a few years off and was working, um, doing research actually, and living in Boston at the time, which is very expensive. And so I was working full-time and got a part-time job coaching um, through an agency. And it was doing more, um, it wasn't called executive function coaching, although that's really what I was doing. I was working with adults um, with autism, um, which uh, an Asperger's diagnosis, which is no longer no longer a term that's used as in a clinical sense. But um, so I was working on helping people with navigating their daily life, um, work, um, home life, cooking, like getting around the city, like managing basically their time, um, their planning, their organizing. And I loved the work. Um, and so I went to grad school still thinking that I was going the clinical route um, and got my master's in social work. Um, and the whole time still coaching um, and worked for four years at a nonprofit doing mental health counseling, um, still coaching on the side, and really found myself just wanting to work with more and more clients, wanting to meet more people. Um, and so when I started kind of marketing myself privately in 2019, um, I was working with college students. Um, and helping them with their time management at school, keeping track of their assignments. Um, and that was something that I, um, 
I really enjoyed doing, especially with my background in mental health counseling, um, being able to, to support people in a very concrete way who were experiencing stress and anxiety um, related to school. And so something that I always tell everyone, which I haven't said yet, is that coaching is not therapy or counseling. And that's something that I make very clear um, because even though we do talk about, you know, mindset and, um, and anxiety and stress and self-care, we're doing it from a very concrete way, like a coaching way. Um, because I, I do have that background. I always make, want to make sure that people understand that it's very different than, than therapy or counseling. Um, so 2019 started working with more and more clients, um, and realized that this was something that I eventually wanted to, to grow. Um, then the pandemic hit, um, which I think obviously extremely challenging, but a silver lining for me was that I started connecting with more people on Instagram um, and really building this community of amazing people on Instagram. Um, a lot of women with ADHD, a lot of people diagnosed later in life. Um, and I realized that up to that point, I had primarily worked with, you know, men in their 20s, uh, and 30s and um, realized that there was this whole group of people, women and people diagnosed later in life who maybe weren't getting services or weren't know, didn't know that resources existed. Um, and so I was able to really, really grow through, through Instagram um, and connect with amazing people. So I've been coaching full time um, like as my primary job since January of 2022. Um, so this year, which has been absolutely amazing. I get to meet the kindest, nicest, funniest, smartest people, um, and support them on like all sorts of different goals. Um, and it's just a really empowering, like, motivating job to be in like I get to see people you know who want to learn and grow and for me to be able to be part of that is just it's just the I don't have words for how amazing it is yeah supporting others it always feels good to like kind of help somebody up the ladder you know that mm -hmm. feeling it, it's always so rewarding and so special do you ever feel like you catch yourself coaching yourself do you feel like there's moments where you, where you take off, you know, you, you have to put the coach hat on for yourself. You're like, okay, let's, there, this is what I yeah. got to do. <laughs> for sure. There are moments that I'm in a coaching meeting. Cause again, like executive functioning is something that we're all doing all the time. And just because we're having a good day or a good week, doesn't mean that we're not going to have challenges. Like it's a practice, right? Like nothing in life is perfect. Um, nobody is perfect. I talk about perfection all the time with my clients um, and imposter syndrome and all of those things. But um, yeah, I definitely have to coach myself, um, you know, in my daily life. There are things that I catch myself saying like, oh, I'll, I don't want to do that or I'll do that later or um, you know, and that's a normal human experience. And like, we're also allowed to do that. We're allowed to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that later. Um, but I think that I've um, 
something that I always want my clients to take away from our meetings is like the internalized dialogue of like, what questions should I ask myself to help myself? Um, like that's always my goal with coaching is for people to eventually leave coaching. Um, like some people I've worked with really short term, like we've worked together four or five meetings. They've gotten, you know, some strategies and some ideas and some of that like internalized questioning to do. Um, other people I've worked with for years, it depends on like what they, what they're wanting to get out of coaching. But I coach myself every day by asking those questions and then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's like the story of life. I think it's just like what works for me right now might just be what I need is, is right now. And I love that you said that, you know, about, about coaching is that, you know, it isn't supposed to be long-term. It's supposed to be able to help us get through those things and give us the tools that we need to, you know, supply us in the future and, and look back on too when, when you need it. And, um, I think that's so important and asking those questions, um, you know, I, I often don't know what kind of questions to ask myself, but mm -hmm. I think kind of what we were talking a little bit on earlier is just kind of like trying to identify really what you're struggling with and then trying to give a name to it. And then, you know, going forward from there. Like one of the, when you were talking about the, like we were both talking about cleaning, but when you were talking about like, how do you start? Like the question that I didn't mention then that I, that I use in my own life and that I give to clients to create their own version of is like, what is the smallest, most realistic step to start? Like literally what's the smallest step? And then how do you even make it smaller? Like, you know, and so that's something that it, if I'm having a hard time starting something, I might ask myself, like, what is the smallest step? And sometimes it might be opening my laptop, right? Like if I have an email that I need to send that I've been putting off, what's the smallest step? Walking into the room where my laptop is. <laughs> and so like, those are things that like, with practice, we, we can support ourselves with too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do something similar with laundry. Um, I actually don't really hate folding laundry. I, I do. It's funny how I struggle with the easiest part, which is just putting it away. But um, uh, if I if I have a bunch of laundry I need to fold, it might feel really overwhelming. And so what I'll do is I'll just say, well, I'll just fold Andrew's shirts because I know that right out of the dryer, I don't want them to get wrinkly. I could care less about my underwear, my yoga pants, my t-shirts, whatever. But it does feel good to just kind of like get that done and it gets me going. And then I can decide if I'm going to stop after I'm done with his shirts and go on to the next thing or, or keep going. And I don't make it as like, this is what I have to do. It's more like open-ended, like, okay, I can start on the shirts. And if I get done, then I get done. And if I don't, then I don't, you know, or if I continue, I continue. And if I don't, I don't, you know, well, it's like that, like, that's a mindset thing too. And like, something is better than nothing. Um, and like, that's something I talk about with my clients too. Like we create these reminders that are helpful for them. Something is better than nothing is one that's helpful for me for other people that might cause stress or like might not be the right fit, but finding something that like almost like a little mantra when you're like, okay, something is better than nothing. Like I'm, or like I'm taking the first step, like something to validate your experience and like give yourself credit because I think like that is something too that is so intertwined with executive functioning and executive dysfunction. Like if we're, if somebody is experiencing these challenges, like having a hard time starting or um, having a hard time finishing a task, like whatever it might be, 
our brains automatically go to that negative self-talk. Like our brains are unfortunately wired to like ping us with the negative thought because it's quick and easy. And so we have to like retrain our brain um, by practicing replacing those thoughts, like catching them as they're gonna come um, and having a replacement at the ready. Um, so like, I'm going to do Andrew shirts like that's right. Like it gives you like that's you're giving yourself credit um, for the for what you're doing and like patting yourself on the back. And like that gives us even though it's not going to feel anywhere as close to it, but like a little ping of dopamine where it's like, good job. I'm doing good. I'm giving myself credit and then like I can continue with it or the next time I come back around. I'm going to remember that like, you know, in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like those reminders and giving ourselves more credit supports our executive functioning. Like, and we don't, I don't think, again, I don't think we talk about that enough. Like, I think we focus on like, have I written my to-do list? Have I set my alarm? Like, or these strategies that have been told to us or strategies that we're practicing. Um, but the, the self-talk and the credit are what supports us doing those things too. Mm -hmm. And if you get a positive reaction from that route that, or route that you take, you're more likely to continue doing it. And I, I think that's really important. Like you said, giving yourself a little grace and like patting yourself on the back. Like, yeah, I didn't clean the whole kitchen, but I put the seasonings away and I put the cast iron in the oven. Like just when I walk by just doing a little bit and it makes me feel a lot better and it doesn't seem as overwhelming. And then I don't get that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I walked by those seasonings like 20 times and why didn't I just put them away? And, you know, I do still have days like that, you know, it's still like, they're the human experience. And then like, just saying like, it's okay, that's my day today. And like giving yeah. yourself credit for the other things that you're doing. Because I think it's also, it's like a seesaw effect, right? Like we can't be giving a hundred percent to everything. So like if we're giving more energy to one area of our life, another area is gonna dip down a little bit and that's okay. Yeah. Like that's, we have to do that to maintain our energy and like mental health. And so to say, okay, I didn't get to put the spices away today, but I did this other thing for work and I'm feeling really good about that. Like, I think that's important too, to be like, there's an ebb and a flow mm -hmm. because nothing is ever going to be a hundred percent perfect. Nothing is ever going to be a hundred percent done. I think that's the thing too. I talk about with people is like, it's a rotating door of executive functioning. Like you're always going to be managing something. It's never going to be like, and now I'm done. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's exhausting. Um, right? Like that's, and so to be able to say like, okay, how do I support myself? How do I give myself credit? How do I, you know, we talked about self care and how it's a buzzword. And like, there is a lot of privilege to be able to practice self care. Um, and what does that mean for people? What does that look like for people? But, um, but the executive functioning that's involved there too, right? To cook for ourselves, to, um, make plans with friends, to do a hobby. I know you garden, um, like all of those things take energy. And so we need to reserve energy to do that too. Mm -hmm. And like, you were kind of talking about like executive functions and how they can impact certain things. And that's one thing I hear a lot about in the ADHD community is, is one thing we haven't brought up is hygiene. And I was wondering maybe if you could go into that a little bit, because I, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm a stinky person. <laughs> 
I talk about showering with so many people. Okay. I, I can cut you off and just jump in. So I, I don't know if that's the route you were going. I but... mean, there, there's definitely a few things. So pe- the relationships that I have with hygiene is I was the type of kid who did not care if I was dirty. Like, I know that there's a lot of opposites there where there's kids who hate to be, hate to be dirty, where I was like the complete opposite. I was like, making mud pies and picking up snakes and frogs with my bare hands and digging in the dirt and I love to climb trees and I was just like such a messy kind of dirty overalls kid hey there's I I had a great I I have all these really good feelings about my childhood because of the way I was so I'm not discounting that but there are things that I still struggle with today when it comes to hygiene like I it's not even like I hate showering which sounds so bizarre but like things like remembering to brush my teeth or not even remembering. Sometimes I'll just look at my toothbrush and just despise it. Like I, and my boyfriend would be like, before we get in bed, he's like, oh, did you brush your teeth tonight? And I just get all like, you know, I kind of get into that like firm, like arms crossed. Like you don't need to be managing the way that I brush my teeth. And I get like offended by it. And there is that like, kind of, we were talking about like resistance and it mm-hmm. seems like, it's like, do I really hate showering? Not really. Do I have a problem with it? No, it's just getting myself to, to do things like self-care and do things like taking care of my hygiene and making sure I'm clean. It's like, I don't love to wear deodorant. I don't love to be in the shower for that amount of time. Maybe I get bored. I really don't know, but it is something that I do notice myself like avoiding where it's like, oh, it's been I'm smelling a little ripe. It's been, you know, it's been one of those days where I'm like, gosh, darn it. Now I need to shower before I go to bed. And so, I I mean, I would love to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts on that and maybe your advice or whatever you have to say. But I I do hear a lot about people talking about hygiene and executive functioning, especially in the, the ADHD community. Yeah. I'll just start by saying like, thank you for opening the conversation up because I know it is like, it's vulnerable to talk about. And it's, it's something that we, I think I'm hoping that is becoming more normalized, like to talk about hygiene and executive functioning and hygiene and, and, and ADHD diagnoses. Like it's, I think it's, it's important to normalize. Like these are challenges that, that some people are having. Um, so thank you. Um, and I also want to say like, again, it's very individualized. So like some people might be really struggling with this and other people might not connect with it. Um, and I think that's the, also the individualization too, of like somebody's personal experience and, and things like that. But from an executive functioning standpoint, like hygiene requires all of all levels of executive functioning. Um, like there has to be a plan in place. Like, when am I going to, I'll, I'll talk about like a morning routine, like, um, like, did I get up on time? No, I, maybe my alarm got snoozed. Um, and so now I'm feeling rushed to begin with. Um, so time management is a piece of it. Planning is a piece of it. Um, do I, was I planning on taking a shower in the morning and now I'm not, um, and now I have extra time or I wasn't planning on taking one and now I am, and now I have less time, um, time perception. I know you mentioned like time, your experience of time can be either very long or very short. Um, that I feel like for a lot of people, the shower warps time even more so. Um, so there are different strategies that people can use. And again, it's so individualized. So I'll just give like a couple of examples that I've talked about with people. 
Um, but I would encourage if somebody is listening and they're like, this is something I struggle with, like really reflect on like on this for yourself and what, what you think might work for you or talk with someone about it um, because it is so individual. But so for example, if someone struggles with keeping track of time in their morning routine, um, somebody I worked with really connected with music. And so they created a playlist that was the length of their morning routine. Um, and they would take a look at it and pinpoint, okay, when I get to this song, I know I need to be at this point. Um, like that's something that might click for somebody who's very auditory. Um, and so that can be one way to like keep track of your morning routine. Um, but like sustained attention is also a piece of getting into the shower, right? Like there's a lot of things in the bathroom that catch your eye. Oh, I wanted to wear this particular hairband today, or I didn't realize I left that out, whatever it might be like going in and kind of the sensory experience of a bathroom for some people can be overwhelming um, or distracting. So I've talked with other people about like, how do you, and not just in a bathroom, but even like in other areas of life, like in an office or where you're working, how do you minimize like visual distractions or how do you create a space that when you go into it, you feel comfortable? Um, so that's something that can impact attention. Um, prioritizing and organizing, like what do I wanna do first in the morning? Do I want my coffee first? Or do I wanna do the thing that I don't wanna do first? Probably not. Um, so I talk with people about like drafting out what would your ideal morning routine look like um, with options. Because I think like something that's really important for a lot of people with ADHD is the balance of structure and flexibility because structure is helpful, but it can also be too rigid. And flexibility is wonderful, but it can also leave room for like just rabbit holes or like wanderings. And so it has to be this like good mixture of uh, routine and, or uh, um, yeah, routine and flexibility. And so, I give, I talk about like having options and this could relate to your morning routine. It could relate to your work routine. It can relate to anything, but creating like, here are the must do's or want to do's. And here are the things that I can either say yes or no to. And here are the things that would be like, Ooh, if there's time, I'll mix mm -hmm. that in. Um, and then basically like pulling from this menu to decide what's best for you that day. Because if the, if, showering is something that is a challenge like you gave that as an example it's saying like okay if i'm gonna say showering every tuesday like for some people that might be helpful for other people they get to tuesday and they're like but i don't want to or like today's not the right day so it's figuring out like what that balance is going to be for you so that you can choose but also have a plan um so that like menu is something that i talk about with people um, and then like a kind of wrap up thing that I'll talk about is like, how do you make it rewarding and exciting? Um, so if it's something, whether it's related to hygiene or something different, it has to be, it has to give our, it has to give the brain dopamine, the brain in order for us to do it. Otherwise it's like a push and we're struggling. And so how do you pair it with something that's going to give you dopamine, whether it's in that exact moment, like, um, 
like I gave the example of like listening to music um, is one, um, but like it could be anything that you can logistically pair with your morning that's going to get you pumped up. And maybe it's like, okay, I did my morning routine and I'm feeling really good about what I did. I'm going to pit stop and pick up like a fancy coffee on my way to work. Um, for some people that works, for other people it doesn't. Um, so there's no, obviously there's no one right or wrong way to, to support the hygiene and morning routine and executive mm -hmm. functioning, but it's thinking about like, what is going to be, what's going to click with me and how do I mix and match and give myself grace through it? Because as we've talked about, nothing is ever perfect. And it's, it's, we're going to have mornings that, that are more challenging and mornings that, that go better. Yeah. That's so like finding things that like are rewarding, I think is, is so important and, and finding ways to get you to kind of do that thing. And like, you're saying like pairing things together. Um, I do that a lot is, you know, I, I do have this like resistance towards showering and I don't really know what it, what it stems from. And maybe I'll just have to find out someday, but I, I mean, it goes to that thing where I kind of shower every three days kind of thing. And like, I, I always see stuff where it's like this celebrity only takes a shower once a week or does and, and people go crazy. It's like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Oh, that's, <laughs> that's me. There are things that I do though, that I think have, have helped me. And this is, this is, not just something that happened overnight. This is something I've been working on my, my entire life. Um, and I know this is going to be controversial, but I'm a bath person. I like baths. I, I know, I know, I know it's human soup. I know it's gross. I get it. I do not care. I love it. I would, if, and so if that gets me to yeah. feel clean, if that gets me to feel rejuvenated, if that makes me, gets me into the bathtub, then, then that's what I'm going to have to do. And so that's kind of what I've done is I, I, I don't wash my hair every day. I probably wash my hair every, you know, few days or so. Um, but on Sunday nights, I have bath time. I'm an adult, <laughs> 30 years old, but I do but on, on Sunday nights. Yeah. Yes. And so I kind of combine those two things. It's like in my mind, the week is over on Sunday nights. And so if I take a bath Sunday night, I'm clean for Monday. I don't have to worry about it. And then by the time like Wednesday rolls around, it's time to wash my hair. It's time to kind of do all those things. And what I do is I think about things that I enjoy. So like, what do I love to do? Okay. I love to garden and I, and things also I need to do. So there's things like I need to create content. I love to create content. I need to create content, but am I going to be feel like doing creating content on a Tuesday between my wash days? Probably not. I'm going to look a little greasy. My hair is going to be a little gross. You know, I, I might not feel confident creating content. So on the days where I'm like, oh, I really want to, you know, create content that might encourage me to shower like, oh, you know, if I shower, I can make a bunch of videos. And so I and it's one of those things that we go back to where it's like, it might not make sense to anybody else, but if it works for you, then, then it That's works the for most you. Important thing. That's the most important thing. And what I also hear you saying, which is like such a transferable mindset thing is like, what's the why? Like, why am I putting time, energy, effort into this, whatever it might be? Um, like, what am I, what is the outcome going to be? Like, what is the reason for me? And I think like that's, I talk about that a lot with like students, right? Like, or even professionals at work, like these are things like I don't want to do it or it stresses me out or, you know, 
it, but it's something that has to get done or that needs to get done or it's on my, you know, I need to do it. So it's not focusing on that because that's where our brain goes initially. Like it's, it's okay to like go there and think about that, but then shifting it to be like, okay, what's the why? What's, what's going to help me push through? What's going to help me use these skills and strategies that I've identified work for me um, so that I can get to the end point? Um, so I love that you take a bath on Sundays. Like that <laughs> is, that is such, that is such a great system for you. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I, I, I take extremely hot baths. I, I get the bath going, you know, I put on my AirPods, I put on my favorite true crime podcast and I just listen and I just chill out in there. And, um, and, you know, it's worked and it's kind of paired, you know, two things together where I am doing that self-care. I'm kind of preparing myself for the rest of the week. I'm kind of taking in kind of what has happened throughout the week and kind of decompressing and just kind of thinking about it. And then also preparing myself in my mind for, for the next kind of week. And then also like, it's, it's relaxing to me because it can be very hard for me to fall asleep on a Sunday night. And so, because, you know, there's it's the, the week is beginning, it's it, one has ended and now we're back into it again. And so it can kind of feel like overwhelming. And so it does find a way to like, kind of calm me down where I'm not laying in bed, like, oh no, I got to do this with this because I already did that. I already kind of like overviewed the week. And I told myself, Hey, we're not going to have anxiety about this right now where we figured it out, you know, what's going on and you can have anxiety about it maybe tomorrow or something, you know, those are things that I've, I've, I've been working on and things like having a playlist in the shower is so helpful. Um, I love Hall and Oates and ABBA. They are so good to dance to. They make time go by faster. Another mm-hmm. thing I started doing, and I don't know if this will be helpful to anybody, everybody, but I have um, toothbrushes throughout my house. So I have a toothbrush in my car. I have a toothbrush in my purse. I have a toothbrush in my shower and I have a toothbrush next to my sink because sometimes I'll be doing stuff and I'll look at my toothbrush in the sink. And like I said, I do get that like resistance. I'll give it kind of like the stink eye because I know that I'm supposed to do it. And it's so, (laughs) I'm just so great. I'm so fun to be around because as soon as I have to do something, I like dig my heels in and I'm like, no, not even this toothbrush, not even you oral B. You're not even going to tell me what to do. And so I'm like, there's something about it. But when I'm in the shower and I'm already showering, and whether I'm having a great time or I'm just doing what I need to do, it might be in there. And it's like a suggestion. It's mm-hmm. not like a, you have to brush your teeth right here. It's like, it's a choice. Feel, yeah. If you feel like you can spend two minutes just brushing your teeth, then do it. And uh, it sounds so dumb, but, and I, and it, it might, it's probably not going to make sense. And people probably like, girl, just brush your teeth. you nasty. But it has helped. I've noticed myself brushing my teeth when I'm in the shower because I'm not telling myself to, it's just there as like a suggestion. So if anybody else is struggling with that, maybe that'll help. I, I do. I play podcasts in the shower. I play music in the shower. That has really helped me. It, it takes my brain out of that uncomfortableness. And so that has helped me as well with transitions. And so like you were talking about how it's so individualized because that, that leaving a toothbrush in the shower it might sound silly to somebody, but it's something that's worked for me. And it's, Hey, it got me to brush my teeth. You know, the next time I go to the dentist, they might not give me such a hard time about my, my gums. I mean, right. you know, so that's like a tra- and like, that's something that could be transferable too, right? Like, so if you notice 
other areas in your in your life where you're like, oh, I'm resistant to this or I'm not doing this, like looking at, okay, what what is helpful? What is it about having the toothbrush that's helpful for me? Is it that I have the option, which it sounds like it is, and then having the visual cue, right? Like it's not, you're not, it's not checking off a list. It's not pulling it from memory. It's like seeing the visual cue and then having the option to do it or not. And so like, that's something that could be transferable for you or for somebody else where it's like, like laundry, like remembering to pull it from the wash to the dryer and feeling resistant. Like, I don't want to set an alarm. Like, and that's something where if someone's like, I don't want to do an alarm, it's like, okay, let's think of, let's think of something else. And so somebody I work with takes, and I do this myself, takes the laundry detergent and puts it in front of the room that she's, the door of the room that she's in. So when she goes to leave, and, and when I go to leave, I remember, oh, I have laundry in that I need to switch. And like, it's, is it happening at the exact minute? No. But is it happening that same day? Yeah. Um, and it's a system that works. So it's a kind of transferable skill of like, I can go and, and do this when I want, um, and the visual is going to help me. Um, so that would be, that's all executive functioning. <laughs> It all, it goes all the way back to the top every time yeah. <laughs> it's always, it always leads back to executive functioning. And, and, you know, it is, it is funny. Cause it is this, like you're talking about how it, it's everything. It covers everything in your life and every decision you make or every choice you do. And it's, it's, it is so funny that it's, it's something I struggle with. And it, it, it seems like everything is a struggle when really, when you break it down and you get those supports and you get those, you know, even talking to someone and coming up with collaborative things that can work for you can be so healing and so empowering in a way where it doesn't feel like this huge thing over you is controlling your life, where it feels more like I'm in control. I'm going to make the choices that I need to make. And then I'm also going to provide options for when those things don't work anymore. I put together options that come up with the same goal. So if the goal is to do something, creating like two or three options that still get you to that goal there's some options there that might, you know, ease that resistance. And I think that's so important is like, you know, when, when you're giving a kid options, it, it's kind of funny. It's like, you're the parent or you're the teacher and you know, you know what you want them to do, but you want to give them options so that they kind of feel like they're doing it themselves. And then later they can use those tools to create options for their, themselves and then also go through with it. And it's, it is funny how those things kind of tend to work with us adults as well. And it leaves room for like creative thinking too, which I think is often a strength. Um, and so being able to think creatively, have those options, and then not feel like you're in this rigid plan, um, that it's like something you have to do versus something I get to do. Like I created this plan, I get to choose this plan. Um, I get to try out these different strategies and see what works for me. And then I get to choose that. Um, versus feeling like this is the cookie cutter system that I have been stuck with my whole life and I will be stuck with my whole life. Like, I think that's, you know, unfair and unfortunate if, mm -hmm. if people, if people are feeling, um, like that they're stuck that way. Cause I, I hope that people, um, realize that there are more options and choices and resources, um, and supports out there so that they can really optimize their unique brains. Right. And um, that was something that you brought up earlier about like flexibility and structure. And it seems like I can be very um, 
I, I tend to avoid being boxed in. I don't like to be boxed in. Like I'm a creative thinker. As soon as I feel the walls closing in on me, I start to kind of push back and I might react in a way that's not, not who I am, but I'm reacting to, to the routine. And so I kind of have to trick myself into doing, and I, I'm, I love newness. I love novelty. I love newness. I love to try new things. And those are things about me. And so knowing that as well and thinking like, let me just try this does help me kind of get things going. And then if that didn't work, it's like, well, at least I tried that new thing. You know, sometimes that just feels good is to go, well, it was kind of silly walking around with a, with a sticky note on my forehead, but I tried it. You know, you, (laughs) I don't think that's anything that anyone would say, but you know what I mean? Something like that. Well, and I think that's important too, to talk about is that like newness is important and novelty is important. And so if somebody is feeling excited about and like really clicking with a strategy, like you're in this like honeymoon phase of like, I am doing this so well, I'm using this strategy. It's helping me so much, but then like it fades because the newness fades. And so that's something I talk about with clients all the time is like, okay, you love this color coordinated sticky note system on your wall. And like you loved it and now you love it a little less and that's okay. So how do we still use it if that's something that you wanna do, but change it? Like, is it changing the environment? Is it changing the stimuli? Is it changing how you use it or when you use it? Like creating, taking what's already working and making it new again. Um, And like, I think that is so important for systems because like like a to-do list is not going to work for most people. And so it's figuring out what is that system that's gonna work for you? How do you keep it new and fresh once it is working? That's, that's exactly how I am. I, I, um, the best thing I, example I can think of for that is that cooking. I love to cook. I adore cooking. I feel like it just comes so naturally to me. I don't think I was naturally supposed to be a good cook, but naturally I love to try new things. I love to experiment with ingredients. I love to eat, you know, those are, those are things I enjoy. And, you know, I, I burn food and there's, there's things that I struggle with when it comes to, to cooking. And one of the things that I struggle with the most is like my boredom. I cannot eat the same thing every day. I can't even eat the same thing twice a week. Like I will get bored of something so quickly and I'll never want to cook that again. If if I've already made it so many times. And so I have to look back and go, okay, I love chicken, but the reason I don't like chicken anymore is because I've been cooking it this way for so long or using this recipe. Let me find another recipe that incorporates chicken or something else, or, you know, maybe it's chickpeas or beef or, or anything is like finding ways to take it and change it enough where it's still kind of the same, but it's like that newness is still amazing. Like, um, if I, like last night I made a, I smoked a brisket all day yesterday. And so I, we had brisket for dinner and I don't really want brisket again, so I'm, but I have all this leftover. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I think about it and I go, okay, well, I'm going to take that and I've got to still use it, but make it into something completely new. And so tonight I'm going to make stroganoff with it. Just my mind needs the newness. My, my brain needs that newness. It needs a challenge. It needs something new to intrigue me to keep going. Otherwise I will get bored. I will resist. And then eventually I'll avoid completely. Yeah. Well, and and cooking is like the most complex for executive function skills and strategies. Like that's cooking is all of them all the time, like from 
first thought to like at the end leftovers and cleanup like everything in between is executive functioning so like figuring out what you want making the going to the store getting the ingredients keeping them fresh long enough so that they you can cook with them figuring out when you're going to cook all of the time management and multitasking that's involved in cooking so like yeah. props to you for making a brisket even like that's amazing <laughs> but that's like, but that's my ADHD though. It's like, I've never made a brisket before, but it was on sale. And I was like, let me, okay, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to figure out how to make it. And I was like, okay, I had all day. So I'm like, oh, it needs to be smoked. So I learned how to use the smoker and I learned how to do that. And those are things because it was new. If it was something yeah. I've done a million times, if it was like chicken was on sale, I wouldn't get that same excitement. I wouldn't get so my curiosity, my, my, my imagination and that kind of like risky, like, is this going to work out? You know, those are things that, that happen that I, I get excited about and I, and I love and you, and that's one thing I love about cooking, but you're right with that executive functioning is that, and, and that's one thing I think is really important is that I say, I love to cook and I do, but there, I want people to know that there are days where I do not want to cook. I don't have the energy. I have no interest. I'm bored. There's only leftovers in the fridge. And I'm like, Ugh, like, I don't even want to think about leftovers. And so I've had plenty of you know, Instapot, Instapot days, or what are the, um, my, ins I've had plenty of those Instafryer days where I'm just putting like frozen taquitos or frozen chimichangas in there and, and making it work. And I think that's like really important to talk about is like, you can enjoy doing something or you could even like be successful at doing something. And it's okay to have days where you don't want to do it, or you're not as good at it because it's not consistent. Nothing, you know, you're talking about perfectionism. It's like, nobody is perfect. Not even yeah. Gordon Ramsay wants to cook every single day. I'm sure there's days that they order, you know, fish and chips to go. <laughs> it's, it's all about finding that balance too, of like, and what you're talking about your energy levels, like, where's my energy right now? Because energy impacts our executive functioning, which impacts our abilities to do you know, all the steps related to cooking. And so it's like, if it's a low energy day or a high stress day, or there are other things that energy needs to go to, so I'm gonna reserve it, um, then maybe it is a takeout day, or maybe it is like asking a partner to cook day or, you know, and so again, that even that thought process is executive functioning of like thinking ahead, planning, initiating the step to be like, okay, I'm going to communicate this. I mean, we, I could talk with you forever about executive functioning, <laughs> but like it impacts our relationships too. It impacts like how we, um, how we talk with people, how we like make plans with people, like our social connections are impacted by executive functioning and like require executive functioning. And we probably won't have time for that. <laughs> like that's a whole nother thing. But like, I think like that's, it's important to, to basically, I think like what I hope the takeaway for this for people is that executive functioning skills are things that we're using even when we don't realize that we're using them. And so if you're feeling challenged or feeling overwhelmed or stressed or, any of any negative emotion or experience um it's it's normal to feel that around these things like because it's it's in all it's in all aspects of our life so you know being able to figure out what systems are going to work for you and having them be transferable like creating systems that can work throughout your day creating that self-care balance that self-talk like all of those things will support all areas of life basically is 
is what I hope people take away. Awesome. I, I love that. And I appreciate you, you know, spending all this time talking to me about it. And, you know, it is fun to learn that everything goes back to executive functioning and it, and it, it plays such a crucial role in our lives. And I, I love how much you're educating others and advocating for others and, and giving people those tools that they need. Um, I just, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on here and talking to me about executive functioning and those skills that are so necessary in our lives that impact almost everything we do. It is so important. And to also like, like you were talking about identifying those, putting a name to them, and then kind of figuring out what systems works for you without the same shame, without the same guilt and changing the way that you think about yourself and the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you ask yourself certain questions is so important. And so I really appreciate all the hard work that you're doing, coaching people who are struggling with this and supporting others. Um, I love having people on here doing the work, doing the good work, especially people who are help, out there helping support people with ADHD. Of course, I'm a, I'm a strong advocate for that. So I really appreciate everything that you're doing. And I'm so glad I got to connect with you on social media and then on here. And I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk to me about all of this. Thank you so much, Katie. This has been an absolutely amazing time talking with you. I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing to spread awareness about ADHD um, and to talk about the resources that are available to people. Um, not only professional resources, but even free resources and content that creators are putting out um, on social media as well. I think it's there's a wealth of knowledge out there. Um, and so I feel really grateful that we were able to connect um, in this way. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love that you're willing to come on here and let me talk to you about things like being stinky and not being able to fold laundry and things like that. Because you know, it's not always easy to talk about stuff like this. And because executive function does have such a huge impact on our lives. It's something that we really do need to talk about. And so like, again, I am thankful for you coming on here and um, I appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge and not being afraid to advocate and, and um, share your resources and tools. Um, is there well, anything you want to plug? Do you want to plug your website, your coaching? I would, I would love to hear more so my, um, my listeners can follow you and, and engage with your content. Oh yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so if people are curious about executive function coaching, um, they can find me on Instagram at executive functioning first. Um, and I post tons of free content on there about executive function skills and strategies. There's also lots of cute pictures of my dog, Georgia, who snored through this episode in the background. You probably heard her. Um, so Instagram is a great place to connect with me to learn more about executive functioning skills, strategies, and also what coaching is. Um, and then I also have a website, executivefunctioningfirst.com, um, which tells you more about what coaching is and coaching services. Right now I coach one-on-one -on, -one, um, on Zoom. Um, and hopefully in the future, there will be some group work and coursework that's coming out. Um, and you'd be able to hear about that on both Instagram and my website, Executive Functioning First. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. And give Georgia a big little kiss and hug and a little little treat. Is that her, her word? She's like, oh, <laughs> a little treat from me. And yeah, thank you again. Sorry I kept you for so long. And I, I, I would love to have you on. And um, yeah. again, give your dog a sweet little lovey from me. I, I love, I love, I'll have to go follow, follow or not, I already follow you, but I'll have to go check out those pictures of her and see what she looks like <laughs> now that I've heard her snoring. <laughs> yeah, she's here. I can show you her really quick. She's, um, 
Usually she'll oh, interact with Zoom oh. if I wake her up. Here we go. Oh. Hi, Georgia. Hi. You're so pretty. She's like really down there. There you go. Oh, sweetie baby. <laughs> she's like, oh, hi, mom. Yeah, she's been sleeping, sleeping all day. So. Oh, yeah. Rough life. Yeah, life for a dog, huh? Well, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you have a little buddy in your workplace. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, thank you again. I don't want to keep you for too much longer, so okay, I'm gonna let you thank have you. the rest of your wonderful day and happy Thursday. This Thursday, yeah, yeah Thursday. So yeah. I hope you have a, a good weekend and have fun for the rest of your day. Okay, thank you. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to be a part of the KDHD community, check out my Patreon, where you can connect with fellow ADHDers, get some goodies, and help support this podcast. Thanks for coming on this journey with me today, and I'll see you next time. The KDHD podcast is written, produced, and edited by me. The wonderful music you are hearing was created by my dear friend Sylvie. And for resources on this episode, check out the show notes on my website. Bye!